and Cool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my loony friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Moran. Hi, Alex. Yo. So, I'm sorry I said, (laughs) I don't know why I said yo. So this tagline is, if I were a housewife that liked to uh, partake in the kind bud, if you know what I mean. Ooh, okay. Token Barifa. I don't sweeten the pot. The pot sweetens me. Ooh. Oh, I like it, Alex. Has there been a pothead housewife? Like, where that's just, is their thing, just pot specifically? Does Luann, does the countess smoke pot ever? I don't think so. Well, she's just so. chill. She's chill. I mean, someone that's like, that's chill. like their lifestyle, you know? But Alex, like, you're not remembering some of these places where we're watching, like Salt Lake City. You can't smoke weed. Us Californians forget there are states. Atlanta. Well, I'm just in my own haze over here. (laughs) All right. We are also joined by my lovely sister and our co-host, Miss Julia Baker. Hi, Jules. Call me Benedict Arnold because I'm not a loyal bruncher. Oh, oh, wow. Let's hear it. Let's hear the story. (laughs) I like it. Was that an Eggs Benedict crossover? It was an Eggs Benedict. I have been to brunch one or two times per weekend for the last three weekends in a row. And I've ordered Eggs Benedict at every single place. And I'm not loyal to one particular brunch place yet. I'm mm. just a gal about town here. Well, then I will call you Benedict. Ooh. Yes, please. <laughs> My favorite thing. Eggs Benedict are the, is the only thing you can order at brunch. Don't order scrambled eggs. Don't order French toast. You can make that at home. Have you tried making Eggs Benedict at your house? It's a nightmare. Do you usually, like, when you go out, you make, like, a conscious decision to, like, get something that you can't just make at home? Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you not? Well, I think that, but then, like, I make, like, a lot of, like, tacos and, like, burgers at home, and, like, I go out and get those a lot. So I like to think that, like, I'd, I go out of my way to get something, like, new, but I don't think I do. I don't think I abide by my own rules. You only eat two things, and those things are tacos and burgers. <laughs> burgers. <laughs> yeah. Alex is actually seven years old. <laughs> and it's the Lunchables. <laughs> tacos and burgers. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for my tagline? And I'm going to let you guess why I picked it. Give me the time and I'll do the crime. Of course, my tagline is based off of our lovely Miss Shaw, who was arrested this week and has joined our countless housewives who have also been arrested. Um, so our spicy update for Jin Shaw rundown. She was arrested along with her first assistant, Stuart, for scamming, basically. Their meeting with the judge was held online and crashed because there were over 250 Bravo fans watching, so they had to postpone it. She pleaded not guilty and is continuing to film season two of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I mean, innocent until proven guilty. I think it's good that Stuart already has his prison name, Stu Chains. (laughs) Oh, also, there are no houses under Jen Shaw's name, meaning the Shaw Chalet was an Airbnb, as predicted. Do you know who does have a house and he was able to post Stuart? it to get his bail? No way. Stuart. Good for Stuart. Stuart's a homeowner. Um, yeah, Jen Shaw is now Stuart. out and about and reposting people's Instagram posts that have been supportive of her. And I checked and she is still following us. So, hey, Jen. Which is why we cannot comment on this. We have to remain unbiased. She is our biggest fan. <laughs> then super biased. Alex, we're going to be super biased. I do feel a sense of loyalty to her. She's so innocent. Be biased in her direction. <laughs> I really, really hope she's not guilty. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I, she brings a lot to the show. She can still follow our account in prison, right? I think so. I think they get phones now. 
Prison's yeah, wild, she can man. still like our shit. Yeah. All right, you guys ready for some Atlanta? Yes. Yeah. All right, this week on Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, I want to start us off with a real quick Kenya. She again brought her kid on a trip and again was a wet blanket. I am going to stand up for Kenya. I'm going to stand up for Kenya on this. One, Brooklyn was invited by Drew. Mm -hmm. And then when all the girls were so offended that their own children weren't invited on Kenya's trip, and then none of them brought their kids when they all were invited on this trip, I thought proved a point. I think that they like going after Kenya. And I don't blame them because Kenya clearly goes after them. But I feel like too much of a deal was made out of Brooklyn being on the other trip, considering no one took up the bring the kid offer. Like Kenya's doing it out of necessity because she doesn't trust anyone else to be with her child where everyone else has a village to help. Julia, you're so right. I totally agree with you. Thank you. And it sucks because Kenya can't say that. That's the thing that sucks is like, you're right, but she wouldn't be able to say that. Well, she's already tried to say the village thing and it all backfired on her. So she can never bring that argument back up again. So like, I do feel bad for Kenya on that. But then Kenya does little things like say that she's not going to dance for her room key because she's not going to degrade herself. It's like way to bring down the whole mood. Like, she's just kind of a bummer. But then we get to see her, like, riding the bike and having the time of her life. And then it's like, you get that whiplash that they're talking about. Yeah, when Kenya's fun, she is a hoot. That was, it was so nice seeing her, like, light and airy at their dance class and riding her bicycle. And So I'd say the biggest point of this episode is the Latoya Drew hoopla. So I'm kind of, like, going back and forth on Drew and how I feel about her. So Latoya says, I, I'm not going to drink right now. Which I don't think needs an explanation. We all saw the last episode. We know why she's not drinking. And Drew says, I'm really supportive of you. That's great. But then they sit down at the table and Drew starts going in on her saying, so why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you drinking? So Drew doesn't support her. She's trying to use this as a weakness and a vulnerability to like get at her. I thought that was really shitty. I agree, but I I also, before we get into like that, I want to get into this weird backstory that we weren't shown in the show between them. What backstory? Why am I totally blanking on this? This backstory is key. Drew's assistant, Mm -hmm. Danny, invited LaToya after one of their uh, get-togethers while like he was driving both of them back home. He invited LaToya to church, and Drew thought that they were going to be like church buddies for like a second. But then, like, she, like, didn't, like, stick with the program or whatever. But there was, like, a second where, like, Drew thought maybe they would be, like, they'd have, like, that connection there. Yeah. But it's, like, it's this thing that seems like it lasted for, like, a a little period of time that we just, like, weren't aware of until this episode. It really took me by surprise. I don't think Drew was going at Toya aggressively. I think that she was hoping Toya was going to give this story. I think she was hoping LaToya was going to tell this story. Yeah. Like it was really cool. Drew and I went to church. We had an amazing discussion. And so Drew was all excited, ready for basically accolades, I think, from LaToya. Yes. Yeah, I think so. No. I think Here's so. No. No, two bullet points. Bullet point number one, the way that she said it was clearly a haha. So LaToya, why aren't you drinking? It was like that to me. That's what I how I heard it. And number two, about the assistant story. I was very confused when that happened because these girls have been saying horrible stuff to each other since episode one. 
So if this was peppered in randomly, if I was LaToya, I wouldn't trust Drew. And if I was Drew, I wouldn't trust LaToya. Like, I don't think that Church is going to heal it. Obviously, it didn't. I think that Drew thought it was a really cool moment between she and LaToya. And I think Drew was hurt that LaToya didn't think it was a great bonding experience. And I think that's why Drew gave this reaction. A bully, as Kenya called her, because Kenya and LaToya are friends again. I actually agreed with Kenya. Honest, and Kenya was a good friend to LaToya. She left with her. Like, that was a good friend I agreed with Kenya do. in that moment. I very much did. Like, wh- if you want her to not drink, why are you doing... It almost sounded like peer pressure to drink and then demanding to know why when it's really none of anybody's business. And we know why. We all know why. We don't need it to be explained to us. Now, are you Team Marlo or Team Portia? I I understand Portia, and I get Marlo. I think Marlo needs to be careful. But I kind of am like Portia, back up a little bit. Like Portia is asking her to choose sides, and then saying you're not, you don't have to choose sides in the same breath. Yeah, I don't know enough about the Portia Kenya backstory yet. So right now, I'm Team Marlo. I'm Team anyone that's trying to be friends with everybody. Yes. Yeah, I think it it sucks that there's basically the conversation is you're not allowed to talk to somebody else. And I've been thinking for some reason, this episode made me think about what it's actually like to be there. Because we're just watching this and we're picturing them all like kind of on a trip and we're taking it for what it is at face value. But I want you guys to think about the last time you were on a group trip with I don't know how many people are here, seven or more people. How exhausting it was. Is this because we were on a bachelorette party last week and you're watching this trip thinking, oh my gosh. And that and our party was really fun and it was great, but I was exhausted. Yeah. And so can you imagine, pretend you're Kenya, how uncomfortable you are on the bus knowing Portia and Marlo just had this conversation about who can talk to you and who can't. Like, I'm actually kind of looking at the housewives as people for the first time. And then things like Dallas made me uncomfortable. Oh, Elizabeth, this is a bad business. What? This is that slippery. Yeah. You I know. I don't like it. Right I don't like you, it. You cannot be emotionally attached in this business. No, you have to flip flop. Do you know what housewife group I think is our real people? And I can see that this is 100% real is uh, the New Jersey cast. I think that is exactly who they all are. I, I agree. I feel like they don't realize the cameras are there. No acting there. <laughs> I mean, just like with all the drama that was going on this episode, it really annoyed me because I want to go to New Orleans so badly. That is such like a top destination for me. And to me see them too. not just to see them so involved in like in their drama and not really like explore the city except for like that bike ride where for some reason everyone loved each other during that there should have been more of that it's like i kind of like it when we get to explore a city with the housewives i don't know if i realized that i like that about their trips and i don't like when like they're confined to specific like small spaces which they were a lot we were inside we were inside a lot we Mm -hmm. were in a dance studio we were in the hotel you're right interesting that's right. Maybe that's just quarantine me talking to. I just want to see different places. <laughs> Alex is jealous that they're on a trip. Well, I have a favorite quote from this episode. Oh, please. And that is when they first arrive and they're all eating lunch outside the hotel. And as we know, Marlo is trying to find herself a rich man. And she goes, oh, the shrimp po' boy is so good. And Portia says, that's the only po' boy you want, Marlo. 
Anyway, Oof. Portia, delightful. Again, Portia, Solid. bringing them home. Wow. An MVP of the episode, of course, Robert, the hotel concierge that everyone fell in love with and were considering uh, making him over. Yeah, their assistant. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite moment of the episode is was a real quick pan away that Cynthia brought a frame picture of Mike Hill with her on this trip. Mm. I did notice. I love that. that was so great. Loved it. All right, you guys ready for Dallas? Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Well, I'm going to start out Dallas um, by awarding myself the Detective Doty Award because this might have been super obvious for everybody else, but I just got it. So listening to the opening taglines, I finally understood Tiffany's tagline. I thought it was just kind of like a generic housewife tagline. Her tagline is, I can save your life, but not your reputation. She's talking about Brandy. Like, that is a specific to Tiffany situation tagline. I think I've had that thought before. I think that I did consider that at one yes. time. Well, that's why I said I'm stupid. Like, I'm Detective Doty. I'm not doing a great job. Well, no, I am also stupid because I considered it and then it slipped away and then I never considered it again. <laughs> so. Because so many of the taglines, like, Carrie's is kind of for her because she likes tequila. Like, okay. I feel like Tiffany's is like a pointing her finger at a brandy and I wish that finger was the middle finger, but Tiffany's too nice for that. And if that is true, she's not only pointing her finger at brandy, she's pointing it at Bravo because she knows why they pulled her into this show. Seriously. God, I'm sorry. Trans- hard transition to brandy. This girl is playing hardball and she does not have a leg to stand on. I don't know why she's swinging around the judgmental stick when she herself is in hot water. As you saw, the whole group came to her defense and they all turned on Deandra. Insanity. <laughs> so she she does have a leg to stand on. Many, many legs. When um, Deandra said that was going to happen, I'm like, no, it's not. I could not believe that. Also, um, I'm sure you guys noticed when Brandy was texting Deandra, how dare you go and talk to page six, um, which she didn't talk to page six. She was doing an interview and they asked her. Deandra doesn't decide what they put on the cover. That's not how it works. I am team Deandra with this argument. A thousand yes. percent. I'd like to point out when Brandy's texting her the how dare you talk to them. She says that you made comments on my quote racist video quote. The fact she put racist video in quotations makes me think that this lady does not get it. In front of Tiffany. Oh yeah, she does it out loud too. She does it physically and then also through writing, which of course, Bravo, we zoom in and watch her type. I think that she thinks she's in trouble because, you know, people are just policing humor nowadays. That's why she thinks she's in trouble, not because what she did was super duper racist you know and i thought that she had the realization that like yeah it was like i thought she had that like moment where she realized but this kind of erased this episode erased that this episode also erased the progress that carrie and deandra were making because carrie's the first one to go after deandra when brandy confronts her about this and like really like drags deandra for it so there's a lot of backpedaling in this episode. One of my favorite backpedaling moments was tiffany's mom at the five-year-old's birthday party where they are dressed up and having a tea party. I gotta say really fast, um, makeup on children creeps me out. And who else it creeps out? Tiffany. Yeah, that whole sequence was very horror film-esque to me. Just like the setup of it being in like that hotel space and it just being the twins and the mom. 
it just it, all of it like red is just so strange yeah, why wasn't that at their home it was this weird level of extravagance that was completely unnecessary psychotic um are you talking about one of the five-year-old's favorite food unlike alex is not tacos and hamburgers it's caviar well hold on no that's that's my third that's my third favorite so tiffany who is a very smart woman with the best what arguably the best tagline of 2021 so far is mm-hmm. She correct in saying that her children aren't brats. I don't think they're brats. They weren't screaming. I think that they were kind of like stoked what was happening around them. But I don't think we've seen way brattier children on Bravo before. Season one, Avery. Oh, uh, seasons like one through three, Avery. That's a brat. Yeah. <laughs> Avery right now. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot I cannot speak to the twins as I famously get very confused by them. So I, I don't know what's going on with them. They could be brats. I don't know. I don't know what their agenda is. They confuse me. Here's my evidence. When Tiffany was having her pizza party, the chef put basil in their cheese pizza and they did not throw a shit fit. The dad was like, ah, oops, he put them in there. You can just pull them out. And they were like, okay. A bratty true. kid would have yeah, screamed. Yeah, they never... Is this a, is this a okay. brat symptom, though? I mean, there's... They go with the flow. They do go with the flow, but there was a line where, like, one of the people there asked one of the twins if they thought Tiffany was pretty, and she said no. Just don't ask <laughs> kids those things. Alex, I don't think you okay, know what should, children are have, like. I should have kept going with this. <laughs> I don't get them. I... I have to really quick jump back to the makeup thing. Um, I think what bothered me so much was... When she said they were going to get their hair and makeup done, I thought it was going to be like Bibbidi Boppity Boutique in Disneyland. You slap some blue eyeshadow and you put a little fake hair thing. But this makeup artist was doing like full glam on five-year-olds and it was very creepy. Like I have never seen that much makeup. Like you've seen pictures of like JonBenet Ramsey who they did pageants. because She's about six. He's, she's the girl's age in those pictures she looked natural compared to these poor little girls speaking of creepy what the fuck's going on with deandra and her husband i know it could be read as just like cute and that they have like a great love life but that whole scene ugh, i had i this was an icky episode for me full clothes pool di- uh, that whole scene was strange oh that felt really fake do they fuck with their clothes on <laughs> and then there was of course the mama d tiffany sequence that felt like um, like a scene in a movie where like the guy best friend is trying to tell his like girlfriend that like she's with the wrong guy, but it was like Mama D telling Tiffany that like her mom wasn't treating her right. It felt like Mama D was making moves to like be her her number one mom. Cut to Deandra crying in the background. <laughs> there were there were a lot of really uncomfy moments, and I want to do a hard pivot if it's okay to Cam and Court. And I'm going to start us out with Cam watching Court sob. No, we, way before that, way before. I'm going to build her way up. You mean the Westcott Academy, Elizabeth? Oh my gosh, we could start there. Cam's life skills of how to make excellent peanut butter and jelly. First, don't put the knife in your mouth. Put the knife in mouth. <laughs> it was a lot of contradictory stuff. But... So Cam keeps saying, because he wants to surprise her that the house is closed on, like they're done, they got it, and he wants to surprise her. But he keeps saying that Cam is a blonde detective and she'll figure it out. But I'd like to point out that I think Cam might be more of a white-collared crime blonde detective. She's clearly not homicide because she would have seen the murder of Louis Vuitton the dog coming. So I'm going to start that out there into the universe. So Court's prank on Cam, what did you guys think about it? She, I mean... It clearly worked somehow. I cannot believe that worked. (laughs) She was going to get out of a moving car. It ends with him crying because he loves her so much and then telling her, psych, we do have the house. We got it. And then she liked all of that. 
coaster. The crying was very funny to me. <laughs> it, felt... it was hilarious. I actually rewatched it. Is that bad? I no, thought it was he was great. I thought it was. It fa- I thought it was part of the prank. I thought he was like crying because he was gonna like fake admit something to her, but that ended up being real, and that just made it so much funnier. And she's standing there looking so uncomfortable. <laughs> She was so confused. I also was, all right. All right. One last thing about Cam and Court. Their new house, which has been closed on, as we found out at end of prank, has an island that is 16 by 12 feet. Um, I would like to let you both know that that is eight more feet than my first apartment. So there, I could have lived on their wow. islands when I was 21. And me and Julia both feel so sorry for you that you're not, you're not on our level, that you're not on ours and Cam and Court's level. <laughs> We love our Long Islands. I know. Yes, exactly. It was so depressing. I had to do the math twice because I'm like, there's no way. But 160 square feet for an apartment is very tiny. <laughs> Big island. Little house. <laughs> you guys ready for some joy uh, Sure. Jersey sure. All right. Here we are. Real Housewives of New Jersey. And we finally get the big apology. Teresa apologizing to not only Jackie, but also to Evan. And also to Joe Gorga, and also to Melissa. I think Evan's reaction kind of sealed everything that I had been suspicious of. The fact that Jackie had been pushing so hard, you need to apologize to my husband, he's so upset, he's so upset. And I'm like, that's weird. Teresa does the lamest apology I've ever seen. And Evan's like, okay, yeah, fine. I don't care. He clearly does not want to give this any more like breathing room he wants to move on so quickly from it and how upset jackie is i think that jackie either knows it's true or is suspicious it's true yeah as in the rumors what do you guys think am i i think that's i think that's no probably true because of the way she reacted to joe b talking about it like guys night um the way she at first viscerally responded to it like oh yeah the guys for sure like all know and would be talking about it even when, like, Joby cleared up, I still think that, like, her, her initial reaction to that sold to me that, like, she thinks that it's, it might totally be true. And I think it is. I, I think it's totally true. true. Yeah. Alex, great point bringing up the Joby, because that was very confusing to me. How everybody is screaming, saying, you're making Jackie cry. And poor Jackie's like, I'm fine. <laughs> just sitting in the corner. And then Margaret screaming at her husband. Which makes me think that Margaret knows it's true, too. Like, it's the Lady Doth protests too much. Like, I'm seeing right through all you people. And then Jackie actually really starts crying when Joby, like, tries to hug her. And tries to be like, hey, you okay? And then she, like, loses it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch me. That was a us three know something the others don't know and aren't only thinking of. So it was like, don't hug and confirm it. I don't know. There was weird. And then like, I, I do think the guys probably do think it as well. But because when like Frank was like, hey, we didn't think that. Like when we were all there, we were totally on Evan's side. And the like, we watched out of the it, cuts, Frank. We, we, we cut back to them just like, having like a really insincere like toast, like a shot toast to like Evan's fidelity. <laughs> that, that wasn't much of a confirmation of them like believing him. It was like them mocking that, of course, it's true. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was there. Like, of course, he would do that. Wink, wink. I love that the guys pointed out that bad stuff happens over meals, that they should just, like, have little meals as they go. Because whenever they sit down to dinner, things blow up. They're going to start just doing, like, charcuterie and grazing boards and just never sit down for a meal. (laughs) 
they can't handle a, a place map. What did you guys think about Jennifer versus Margaret? Whose side are you on? Margaret. Margaret. I'm team Margaret. I'm team Margaret mostly because Jennifer like just seems to not understand at all like what her part in this. No. She's acting so innocent. Yeah, Jennifer is comparing her sloppy drinking to Margaret's very tragic me too experience it's yeah, yeah that's terrible that's so tone deaf I, yeah i don't know how she's not seeing it like me too has been around for a while we have been talking about you know people in power doing things that they shouldn't to people who are underneath them and this was her boss who is both position of power and significantly older older by 20 years like that wasn't like a gray area story that was he kept pressuring me and i gave in and she's like, what? So you're trying to sleep your way to the top? That's so sloppy of you. It's not like she like reconsidered like what she had said after she said it. Everyone was even like telling her how bad that was. And it still like wasn't registering no, not with at her. All. So she's doubled down. Team Margaret. And everyone's all worried about Teresa. And everyone thinks that Teresa doesn't understand what she does. But I think that there are multiple women here who are completely tone deaf and do not understand there was a really funny tone deaf thing teresa did this episode where um she didn't want to apologize to evan herself she thought jackie should do it because where she comes from the wife makes it right with the husband but i guess they have a different kind of marriage and i thought that was just such a weird she dig it's like such jackie a should be the one to apologize to evan because teresa didn't involve evan in this jackie told him it was just so funny <laughs> Taking everything extremely literally. <laughs> I never talked to Evan, so how does this involve him? I don't understand. I feel weird talking to your she husband. She also said that her husband, Joe Judice, isn't in her life anymore when he is very much in her life. They have a sex the toy business partner. The, the dildos. And as we know, she has that dildo with her on vacation and needs it to go to sleep. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> that Dolores could hear the vibrations coming from oh. her. How do you fall oh, yeah. oh, I that? can't sleep much these days. <laughs> Poor Dolores just laying there. Julia, Dolores is just here hoping those good vibrations end up with good vibes. Yes, true. A great Dolores Frank scene this episode where he went goes to visit her in her bedroom, sits on the bed and goes, this bed is so soft. And she goes, yeah, it's the bedding. <laughs> Amazing exchange. I would love to write something that good. They're the best Bravo couple I've ever seen. And there haven't been a couple for so long. It's shocking. Um, Their son posted a picture where he's kind of like a thirst trap picture on Instagram this week. They both commented on it. Frank's like, you're so handsome. Look just like your mother. And then Dolores is like, oh, Frank, I love you so much. Look at our handsome son. Like the most supportive couple who has the best communication are divorced for a long time. I want them to get together. Um, I do have to say, I agree with the guys about the meal thing that we talked about earlier, but also the weirdest part, and I haven't really noticed this with other casts, Atlanta does it kind of, like Drew does it more, but every single New Jersey cast member starts drama by resolving drama, sitting down at the table, and then saying, hey, remember that drama you started? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just some stray observations about the food in this episode before we get off this. Um, do either of you put crushed hot pepper on your eggs? I actually do. Like red pepper yeah, flakes? Yeah, I put red pepper flakes. Yeah. Okay, I was interested yeah. in that. Yeah, I've never oh, done that. Oh, you should. Sounds, sounds good. I mean, I do. I usually do like hot sauce, so I never consider like that. I never consider like overkill. I put red pepper flakes on everything. 
everything I make. And then the other thing is that Jackie just declines the eggs and wants yogurt instead. And then when we see her eating the yogurts, it's just she has two yogurts that she's using to prop up her phone. <laughs> she's not is even that eating what them. She wanted the yogurt. <laughs> I kind of don't know what Jersey's going to give us for the rest of the season. I'm excited. I kind of don't know where we're going from here. But know what? Yeah, this is, I have the most fun watching Jersey. I love certain cast members from other ones. Like, I love me a good Portia. I love me Tiffany. I love Candy. But Atlanta and Dallas have kind of had this one storyline that I'm kind of burning out on. And I'm really hoping the Evan cheating is done because I'm burning out on that as well. I'm worried about the Joe Gorga, Melissa stuff that's ahead. I know. Oh, that's right. I am very worried about it. I think another reason Jersey's fun, though, is the Joe Gorga and Teresa, the fact that they're siblings on it. It reminds me a lot of when it was fun to watch Kyle and Kim on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But one of my favorite scenes this episode was when Joe Gorga runs up the stairs into Teresa's room and sticks his foot. So. In the door frame, so she can't close the door, and he's yelling at her. Uh, It's just like I think we need more siblings on these shows. Watching Joe Gorga blow up, and then watching him become the Teresa Whisperer, I thought, oh, their household must have been nuts when they were kids. (laughs) That's a lot of energy. Growing with Gorga. You guys ready for some Summer House? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a different one than Chakabra. I don't like that one. So. Here's my thing about Luke on Summer House, and this is specifically related to last week's episode and this week's episode of Summer House, is they make constant reference to how scared they were of Luke during the climactic showdown between him and Kyle and Carl. Now, Alex, I'm going to have to stick my little Arrested Development head in there, and all I can say is, her? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because Kyle and Carl are for sure the most intimidating forces in this fight, and Luke's big moment is him bursting back into the house. You think he's going to go full crazy, and instead he goes, I fucking don't like you. That is his big scary moment that <laughs> triggers everything. It triggers them chasing him out of the house. It's like triggers the trembling. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know what they were scared of. What, what was going on? Obviously, they were all drunk, and obviously yes. they're all a little like weary of him and like what... I, what he could be capable of, I don't know. But it was just so funny to me how they're all trembling around um, him. I really liked when Carl said that he was going to pull out Luke's hair and make it into a necklace. Can I directly quote this for Please you, Please do. I will make a necklace out of your fucking hair and I will resell it to your dumb ass. Hilarious. Carl, ever the salesman. And then Kyle has a less good one where he just says he's a fucking vagina breath. That's Kyle's. Uh, yeah, entry thanks, Kyle. Into the insults. <laughs> Something happened post fight when everyone was worried about Carl and calming him down. Danielle went in there and I have not recovered from this scene. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Go ahead, explain it. Danielle asked Carl, if you need a hand job, I'll do a weird moment. And then she tells him he looks great in briefs. And then he goes, no, it's okay. That was so strange. I don't know. I think it was like a joke. I don't know. Everyone in this house loves him. <laughs> Everyone He's in this house behind loves that him so weird much. hay tapestry. That's going to sit with me when I meet Danielle's new beau. I will never forget that moment. I agree. It, I it really she, struck me as well. 
I want you to tell me what was a weirder calm down moment. That moment or the moment between Lindsay and Kyle when trying to calm Kyle down. She says, well, let's learn some things. What are you grateful for? And Kyle's response is, sharks, friends, and family. And I thought, there's no way this man just said the word sharks. And I went back, put on subtitles, sharks. Do you know why he said sharks? There was a shark from his decor right in front of his face. So he looked Um, up and he said shark. I'm grateful for lover boy, Lindsay, (laughs) and leftover tacos. (laughs) The other strange moment was when Lindsay, like, tackled him (laughs) to get him to calm down. down. Picked him up from behind and body slammed him down. That, I can't believe that she was able to do that. That's who they should be scared of. Just talking about all this makes me want to watch this again. I've just realized why everyone's afraid of Luke. Why? Huh? They handled Carl and they handled Kyle. They oh. don't know how to Luke handle Luke is the one they Luke. can't handle. Huh. Yeah, Lindsay can't drop kick. He Luke. doesn't treat women well. They don't know how to handle him. And he chops wood. They thought maybe he'd come back with an axe. I do like Luke's defense was... How come Carl and Kyle got to sh- treat women shitty and now they're grown up and now I'm not allowed to? <laughs> yeah, because that I'll fucking bury them, man. So Luke comes back. We have a sorry, we were drunk, we didn't mean it conversation. We all forgive. And then we have dinner together and Luke gives. If we were saying Teresa's apology was insincere, I don't even know what to call this. Because, okay, bear with me. I think he meant those words. I think he did mean, oh, Sierra, I'm sorry, Hannah, I'm really sorry, I totally get it, but- I And also, I'm sorry for scaring you. I think he meant all of that, and that was genuine, but I think he meant it in terms of he wants Sierra and Hannah to feel good so then he can go back to square one where he wanted to be, which is with Sierra. Like, I think that he believes those words, but the motivation isn't to make people feel good. It's to make them feel good so he can go back and do his original game plan. He knew that was going to work. And it did. It worked. They're suckers. Give me the heebie-jeebies. I loved when Hannah was talking to Dez about the Luke freakout. And Dez said, I've heard that guy's name 500,000 times more than I ever wanted to hear. It's such a great foreshadowing of his appearance on the show. I cannot wait to see him with this group. Do we get him next week? I I feel like they've been teasing him next week for so long. But yeah, I think that we got more footage than just that hot tub scene. And I know we shouldn't go off of previews, but they are making Dez look like a huge asshole. So I cannot. Which we know. I mean, we listen to that podcast. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so I don't really think it's going to be editing. I think Des is going to do a great job showing who he is. And I heard all the jokes about Des looks like Kyle, and I did not see it until we have them standing next to each other and they turn. As Kyle says, that's my dad. They look mm-hmm. so alike. It's shocking, which makes Hannah's procreate joke from last time even weirder. That, like, Danielle's blowjob offer is going to sit with me for years to come. Um, Julia, can I throw one more thing in that category? Uh-huh. Kyle going to Sierra when they're all outside in their bathing suits and saying, Sierra, I've been wanting to ask you this for a while. Are your boobs real? Yeah, what was that? Was he wasted? Why? Who, who in the right mind would just do that after everything that's been going on in that house? I would be so mad if my partner, fiance, boyfriend, whatever, had said that because there are two ways that Sierra is going to take it. Either she's going to feel uncomfortable, which duh, she probably did, or she's going to be like, ah, sweet, like, hell yeah, that's right, you're looking at my <laughs> boobs, which Sierra is not that kind of girl. 
And but even if she was, those are both bad reactions. Like, Kyle, you made everybody feel super weird. But we don't linger on it too long. The show kind of presents it like it was just like a fun thing he did. But you know it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and Paige was grateful for him asking because she really wanted to That know. is true. Paige but is such a little Paige, weirdo. a woman, didn't feel comfortable asking it. No. Kyle probably And Sierra's so nice. Up. Like, she's not going to say anything. But I do love how blunt Sierra is with all of the situations that she's been involved in in the house and how she's able to, like, see right through the bullshit. That's something I noticed about this whole cast. Are they all ding-dongs? Yes. Are they all remarkably self-aware? Yeah. Except for one. Except for Lindsay with a certain stride. Oh, the tea lights, girl. Make them do more. It can't just be flowers and tea lights. You need more than that. I think she's just too pot invested. She can't shake him. Ugh. Would you guys take Stravi back? No. No. I don't either. And her dad agrees. Well, how good is the sex, though? Not good enough, Julia. Julia, you know what? I can tell you how good it was. It was good enough to warrant him driving back to the house and setting up a bunch of electric tea lights to spell out I heart you, the letter U. That's how good it was. So yeah, I thought that it was going to be this incredibly grand gesture on account of how many bags he had. And I was like, there's no way that he like thinks he's going to just move back in. So there must be something he's setting up. And then it was just that. He had like three giant bags with him when he showed up. So he was under the assumption that he was just going to be let back in because of that. And I guess it worked. He was. <laughs> and know what's so funny is he is so bad at presentation. We talked about the date that got them all kicked out, like how he wanted to recreate Italy. And we talked about how that he could have had people dress up like, you know, riverboat people. He could have gone cheesy but made it work. The tea lights, if he had scattered them about and then put rose petals everywhere, tried to do a Midsummer Night's Dream, he could have done well with what he had. Instead, he looked like a middle schooler. I heart you, the letter U. (laughs) That's what bothered me too, Alex, the letter U. (laughs) Not a fan. I was so bummed that she saw him because I was going to love if they all like went into the living room and just chatted and he just stood out there for two and a half hours. I love that. I thought that it was going to be like that Kyle like knew and let her out, but no, it was just that Kyle happened to be there. It was but like, Alex, oh, what's this? why was he there? He was pitching Lindsay an idea of what she could do with all of the flowers Stravi had been sending her. He's like, so I know what to do with your flower store. I do like that they keep calling her room the flower store. Which at this point, like, I kind of didn't get that's what we were looking at. It is like a jungle in there. He sends flowers like every day. And Luke does it once for Sierra and goes, I don't, I don't get it. Why am I not forgiven? Luke is still my least favorite person. When Des shows up, there's going to be some competition there for you, Elizabeth. I could already see from the previews. It's going to be bad. Woo-wee. You guys ready for some awards? Yes. Alrighty, here we are at awards. And I'm going to start us off with a kind of a funky award. So bear with me. I am awarding the Forgotten Food of Beverly Hills Award, named after the food that goes untouched at all events held by the cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. They serve beautiful food, and the women look at it and take one french fry to be hashtag relatable. I award this award to the cast of New Jersey, whose food goes uneaten consistently, but for an entirely different reason. Because it's been thrown on the floor by somebody having a screaming fit. Different ways of getting there. Same outcome. So congratulations, <laughs> the cast of Real Housewives of Jersey. Well deserved. My award this week is the Alex Reacting to Julia's Puns Award. 
in reference to sometimes when Julia will make a pun on this podcast, I will have an involuntary, oh God, reaction to it. <laughs> it's nothing against Julia. It's just, I, it, it's involuntary. <laughs> it's like your um, gag reflex for my puns just isn't strong enough, Alex. Exactly. And so the Alex reacting to Julia's puns award goes to Lindsay's dad, who, when he's on the phone with Lindsay, she shows him that some more flowers from Stabby have arrived for her, and he goes, Oh, God. And it sounds exactly like the way I say it when I... <laughs> Congrats to Lindsay's dad. I am giving the anti-host award. This award is given to Kenya, who was the anti-host of the last trip. I am giving it to Drew right now as a preliminary award. Not that she's not doing an amazing oh. job at New Orleans, but she has already announced that after the first conflict on her trip, she is retiring from hosting. Drew, congratulations. Mm-hmm. You've announced that you will be the next recipient of the Anti-Host Award. Wow. I was afraid I was going to get that award because of what I just gave you. <laughs> award. A retaliation award. Also, Julia, Drew started that conflict. I know. <laughs> yeah. if, if you have to say the sentence, these casts need the same self-awareness that Summer House has. <laughs> then you need to do some reflection. Oh boy! Well, what a jazzy, uh, jazzy week in the world of Bravo. We got some real life stuff. New Orleans, Nolans, yeah. I'm so excited for next week. I'm excited to be in the RV. I'm excited to meet Des. A lot of really fun stuff coming up, and I think we have New York creeping around the corner <gasps> soon. And yeah. that the new season, season 13, looks insane. I have never been so excited. And our new cast member, Ebony, looks like she is going to have such a strong first season. And as we've talked about, New York cast is a hard cast to break into. Very, very and excited. Luann and the hula hoop around yeah. her neck. Her statement Are you talking about her statement necklaces? <laughs> no, but... I mean, we are now. <laughs> no and yes. All right. Well, I will see you two next week. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you, Elizabeth. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at likeuncoolpodcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all. 